1: This episode of 12-Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12 and the best business phone service as chosen by U.S. News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over the Pac-12 stay connected with customers and co-workers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business to get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more, all for the fraction of which you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit nextstiva.com slash 12packnextiva.com slash 2 pac to get started.
0: Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world famous two time champs and feel the power! It's a new game, yes it is! For 12 Pack Radio, get excited, y'all.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pactual football news, the home of the Bader Inc. college football statistical model, and your home for pac gambling advice with William Hills Max Meyer. This is Brian Conger. Thank you for joining us. And last podcast, we had so many games to cover and so many games to preview that we decided to split these into two. So if you want a full review of week one, uh, as freaking nut, nut house as, as that was, definitely check out our last podcast where we go through every game um, and just our impressions on all of those. But today, we are going Going through the full slate of Week Two games, and there are a lot of good ones here. And I am joined, as always, to break these down by Mr. Rob Baron, the wizard behind Sharp College Football and in uh, the Bader Rank College Football statistical model. What's up, Rob?
0: Oh man, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> the, we talked about this like non-conference. So many games to talk about. It's brutal. It's brutal. And um, yeah, it <laughs> it's fun, but it's brutal. And
1: and one of the things, too, I think this extra day gave me some time to dig into some of these teams because these matchups are fascinating. We covered a lot of these on our top non-conference games series that we did during the offseason. And, uh, and now here we are. So you and I are going to be in Columbus, Ohio. Well, one thing, too, for our, for our fans, I went back and listened to our last podcast for some quality control. I realized that I spent way more time focused on the things that I did in Las Vegas <laughs> rather than I probably should have. And my apologies. It was just the first time that uh, I had been in Las Vegas in like two and a half years betting on actual sports in a sports book. So I promised to cut that back. Um, we didn't get any complaints about it, but I was, uh, it did pop up while I was listening to it. Um, so we're definitely going to get more into the football itself and uh, less on, you know, how the sports book experience it was with that said, if you're in Columbia, mean, we did
0: go like an hour and a half, like on football. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. That's- <laughs> like, it's not as if we shorted anyone on football content.
1: That's true. That's true. We did crank through all those games, including the FCS games. Um, I, one thing I should mention, though, is if you are in the Columbus area or if you're going to be uh, an Oregon fan traveling to Columbus for this game against Ohio State, let us know. We're going to be there. Uh, it's the big noon kickoff. So we're excited about that. We have tickets to the game and we'd love to to hang with you if you guys are around and about, uh, particularly uh, before or after the game. We have uh, we have some time to spare. So let us know. You can fo- uh, hit us up either at uh, Sharp College Football or 12 Pack Radio on Twitter or just shoot us an email at 12 Pack Radio radio at gmail.com and rob there's so many games to go through here do we want to start with like the feast or do we want to get to the appetizer where uh where do you want to start here
0: i mean there's i mean there's you want to start with the the cheese bowl redux
1: (laughs) hell yeah i thought you'd never ask (laughs) um (laughs) so cal is headed to fort fort worth where's tcu
0: it's in Fort Worth as TCU fans like to remind me when i i said in a preview video that for recruiting purposes TCU is in Dallas and but that did not make me happy people happy and i'm like it's like it's like if somebody said ASU is in Phoenix like for like yes basically <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Fort Worth for our frogs fans out there, the Horn Frogs. This is such a fascinating matchup. We did talk uh, about this a little bit in our non-conference preview, but now we have uh, a much better idea of what both of these teams are. Although we've only seen one game, I do think it kind of the character is starting to show. And the line here was kind of bonkers. It opened at I think nine or nine and a half. It moved all the way up to twelve and a half, and I have it right now as. He threw me off with it with the Cheez-It Bowl. Um, I think it's at 11.5 right now. I had it at 10. It's been b- bouncing up and down, and I see why, right? Because Cal's offense looked pretty bad, um, yep. but you don't quite know uh, where they are. TCU's offense could be bad, but their defense is normally good. So I can see the the push and pull that we're seeing in Las Vegas and, and all across the country in this line, and currently it sits at yeah 11.5. Uh, TCU is the favorite there. Rob, where do you want to start in this game? Because I, I do think that there's some really interesting pieces here. Cal was able to run the ball against Nevada, and then they kind of just right. stopped for a while. And uh, but I do think that this this TCU defense is pretty interesting. How are they at stopping that run?
0: Well, last season they graded out at number ten in effective rush in Beta Rank, um, and they you know they, they didn't really get a much of a challenge. And we won playing the Duquesne Dukes. Um, I didn't know they had a football know, so. team.
1: I didn't know they had a basketball team until like two years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they, um, they, they, I mean, they rolled, you know, Duquesne, but the interesting thing with TCU, if you're not used to them, um, is they, they've had a really good defense for years. Gary Patterson's since like play caller there. He's, he's really one of the best. Um, You know, schemers in college football, they run a a pretty interesting 3-3-5 setup. It's a little different than the 3-3-5 that say rocky long runs that um, has started to proliferate a little bit out West. Um, You know, I think some ASU fans would be familiar with it from uh, Danny Gonzalez's time at ASU um, and anyone that's played San Diego State. But they, the offense picked it up a little bit last year um, versus prior years. Sonny Cumbie had been their offensive coordinator for a long time. Um, And the guy that used to, the last time TCU was really good, and I want to say like that's 2014 ish. I mean, the year that they really were almost knocking on the door of the playoff. They, um, Meacham and Cumbie were co offensive coordinators, and Meacham was your play caller. Um, So Cumbie has, you know, was sort of shuffled out, you know, out of the play calling duties last year. Um, and Meacham took back over the offense created out of 25 overall last season, far better at running the ball than, than throwing the ball. And you know, their quarterback um, Max Duggan is a, is a little bit more of a, a rushing threat. I mean, he's not bad throwing the ball, but he's not gonna, he's not going to burn you a lot throwing the ball around. Um, but yeah, they, the, you know, with the offense potentially picking it up for them and being more of a rushing attack. Um, that's a bit of a concern for Cal, right? Like they, they were, you know, like we we've talked about like the past defense has been pretty good. I mean, Nevada certainly was able to throw on them, um, you know, without tremendous issues, but Nevada, you know, be, I mean, they have how mummy's kid as their offensive coordinator. Nevada is not going to try to run the ball at you very much unless you leave, you know, like five guys in the box. Um, so I'm, I mean, this is, this is a really like, this is, you know, on the road, this is a really tough matchup for Cal. The offense looked really bad for them last week. Sure. They can run the ball, but it's going to be a, it's going to be an uphill battle against this TCU defense. If you can't also present a really credible throw I mean, incredible credible passing game too. Um, yeah, I mean, beta rank doesn't have it quite as high as Vegas. Um, has it beta rank has it at eight and a half um for tcu um or yeah but you know it's i could easily see this getting out of hand a little bit for cal if they're not able to move to football
1: yeah and that's close where vegas opened the line around nine uh yeah. about nine points i think one of the things to there's a couple of things to keep in mind the first is uh, the offense last year for TCU could be inconsistent at times, right? They, I think they failed to score yeah. 14 points three times last year. Now it was a bizarre year in COVID and all that stuff, but they did play a lot of games, so that's something to to keep in mind. Like you mentioned, Rob Max Duggan, that that guy can run, right? 500 yards, 10 touchdowns last year on the ground. Um, and you mentioned he can't torch anybody through, or he might, he will likely not torch anybody through the air. But still, 1700 yards, 10 touchdowns, four picks. So he's not, you know, sometimes you have those those dual threat quarterbacks that they're really runners, you know, that just happen to play quarterback. And and I think this is a quarterback that happens to run, but he's pretty good at running as well. Yeah. And the, the biggest problem we've had, I mean, like I, I've been less bullish on Cal's defense in general. I, th- I still think they're good, but I don't think their secondary is as good as it has been in past years. And the run defense was kind of a mess the last couple of years. So um, and I think we saw a little bit of the cracks in the armor against Nevada. Now, Nevada had a good pass offense, but we kind of assumed, hey, you're, they're going to throw into the teeth of of the secondary, and and they did, <laughs> they did successfully. Yeah. So you're, you're right, Cal. Cal, uh, that that makes me nervous because there's a couple weaknesses that Cal has and one of them is just really we've knocked on which is the run defense you know is TCU just gonna decide to run the ball over and over and over again and if they do I think they're gonna be able to get significant yards here that that line the defensive line like right they lost um uh they lost one of their top uh, interior guys and now they kind of have to fill those holes and I don't know if the bodies are gonna be there to stop TCU from from scoring I, I think TCU is gonna win I think the question is can yeah. Cal score on TCU and and i'm curious what you think about that
0: yeah and we talked about this a little bit right too is like one of the one of the really um important things to th- you know to keep in mind is like we only have one week's worth of 2021 data right like i mean two if you count say ucla um that's not a lot <laughs> you know like so a lot and i think this goes for a lot of the teams in the pac-12 north and and some of the teams in the like people are going to play better than we saw last week. I mean, I think this goes for teams across college football, right? I think I do think in some ways there has been some real overreaction to some of what we saw in week one with some of the way the lines have moved after they opened. Um, But I, you know, I think Cal's offense, it's hard to imagine them playing a lot worse than they did last week. But that said, this is a this is a this is a really really good Power Five defense, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like this is not like TCU has TCU has some guys, uh, and they have a great scheme. <clears throat> they have a great play caller on the defensive side of the ball. I think even if Cal plays better, I I still think they're going to have a hard hard day offensively. Now that said, like you never know, like maybe they maybe they break out. But I think if they break out, it's going to have to be they're going to have to run the football. Cause I don't think, I don't, I just don't think that they can. I don't think that they're going to be able to throw the ball really well against yeah. TCU over the whole game. And that's what really I, I would, if you're a Cal fan, your really big concern is if TCU gets momentum early and then you're having to throw to try to catch up. I think that's a real tough spot to find yourself in because TCU is going to pin their ears back. Um, And send blitzers out of that 3-3-5, you know, uh, right at Garbers.
1: The other thing to keep in mind, too, is that the TCU defense can get into the backfield, right? They got the Kari Coleman, and I think it's uh, Mathis is his last name, but those guys combined for 12 sacks. And, I mean, Cal's offensive line has been fine, but... This is going to, we'll see how good they are tomorrow, you know, (laughs) I guess in two days when they play uh, in Fort Worth, because there are definitely some players on the defensive line and the defensive front for TCU that in theory should be able to get in that backfield. So if you're a Cal fan and Garbers like gets sacked once and there's maybe one or two tackles behind the line, like count that as a win, because there are some really good players on TCU. Uh, I think with all that said, I think Garbers is better than we saw. I mean, we've seen him be better than that. I think this was a yeah, yeah. a tough game for for Cal out of the gate, and they were clearly able to move the ball against a really bad run defense. So I don't want to, like, this is going to be eons and a much, much larger uh, of, a, of a problem, TCU's uh, front seven. But I do think Cal will be able to put up, like, 14 points, and it's just a question, can they, let's say they score, like, 14 to 17, how many points can they prevent... TCU from scoring if basically this is going to be a grounded pound offense like the whole if like if if it's a run game over and over and over again, then I think they can cover the spread. I'm going to take the 11 and a half. If it was nine, I would totally take TCU. But, um, you know, you just mentioned overreactions. I'm getting two and a half more points than I think um, would have convinced me to take TCU and, and I'll take Cal. And we'll uh, we'll see what happens, but I'm not betting a cent on this game. I'm just gonna watch it for because it's just fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I would highly recommend no, I, I, not do not betting on this.
0: I think it's gonna be hard for Cal to hold. I mean, without two or three turnovers, hold TCU under 21 points. You know, I, I think TCU's. I think TCU often. I'm not. They're not some juggernaut offensively, but they if they are a fairly competent power five offense with Meacham calling plays, um, then I, I, think they should be able to put up 21 at home.
1: Ooh, going to be close. Going to be close. This is yeah, a good line. A tight think, one. 11 and a half. Um, I think 10 and a half is probably where the, the line probably likely should have ended. But 11 and a half is a little bit in that dead zone. All right. I'll take, I'll take Cal. I don't like it, but I'll do it. Um, who are you going to take here?
0: Ooh, you know, I, at th- 11 and a half, I'm, I'm going to take Cal. I, I think that's a little,
1: yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, that offense still kind of sucks a little bit, but uh, the run game gives me a lot of uh, uh, bad dreams before <laughs> before Saturday because uh, that's not where Cal yeah. is strong. And, and we'll figure this out more as the season goes along. But um, okay, cool. Where do you want to go next? We did, we know you what bet. I'm sorry. Yeah, we did we did promise you doing the next one, but we did promise uh, Washington fans that we would f- focus on Michigan and Washington early in the podcast. We tend to bury Washington. Um, I don't know why. Maybe just because they're like the the you know pretty far back alphabetically
0: <laughs> i think we end up we end up so i think we end up splitting it because we'll do like a big game and then we'll save washington which is usually like a, a a big game for later not to do we try not to front load the podcast with all the big games or back load it with all the big games
1: that's true we'll we'll make a let's put Oregon on the back burner now and and let's focus on washington and michigan And you talk about overreactions to the line right? Uh, I think this opened in Vegas as a, a, a early, right before the season started. I think Washington was like a two point favorite. Uh, now they yeah. are a seven point dog and that line even moved from, I think it opened at four or five. So, you know, it got past that number. I, I took Washington at six and a half and I don't feel good about it. Kind of want to talk through this game because I think there's a better bet that you can place on this game that I've double dipped on already. Uh, but t- tell us a little bit about the matchup here between, uh, Washington and Michigan.
0: I mean, this was really, I mean, talk about, you know, teams that, I mean, Michigan really needed to play better than they did at all last season. And, and they did, I mean, in week one, you know, really, uh, you know, for the most part, um, they didn't have to, they certainly didn't have to, you know, bring much to the table offensively in that game. Um, you know, they didn't open things up a lot. Um, you know, the backups got some pretty significant, um, time in there uh, as well. So, you know, they didn't exactly, I mean, they, they certainly, I mean, Michigan was able to uh, just pound the ball on Western Michigan <laughs> without, without really much in the way of consequences um, or, or really needing to open anything up. So if you're, I mean, this is sort of like, you know, what UCLA got to do with, you know, Hawaii, like they were able to, to dominate the game without having to open up the playbook to, to show too much for the, you know, the next week, um, you know, Michigan really got to do that. Michigan's got a new defensive coordinator in place. Um, they did, they did pretty well. I mean, they held, uh, you know, the, you know, uh, LB, the, you know, Western Michigan quarterback um, did not, I mean, they got after him pretty good. They did not, uh, he didn't have a great completion percentage. He was 20 of 37. Um, it's just like, it's hard to look at any Michigan data from last year. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were, they had a total, I mean, they had a total collapse last season. So Michigan data from last year, I would totally toss out. Um, and then with Washington, I mean, it. I mean, the, it, it, they last season offensively, you know, we had them graded out at 29 overall, but that's on a really small sample, which means, some of what we have for them last year is still preseason waiting. So like a lot of PAC 12 teams last year, never got enough games in to be out of having some preseason weight. And so Washington last season, I mean, they were a little better throwing the ball at 35 and effective pass. They kind of struggled running the ball at 45 and effective rush uh, at times. I just, I mean, like, I don't know that you could put a, Bigger exclamation point on Washington's offensive struggles than last week. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, Dylan, I mean, Dylan Morris Morris to three interceptions. Um, They only, he only put up 226 yards. I mean, what was really shocking. I mean, and I don't think, you know, I think Washington often has an experienced line. I don't think they have a great offensive line. They struggled to run football last week. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, they were, you know, they, they, you know, they got doubled up <laughs> by Montana running the football. So I mean, some of that was some Dylan Morris sacks in there, but Newton only averaged 3.6 per carry against an FCS team. That really, that hurts. So I, you know, I think, I think Michigan is pro, I think when we all is said and done, Michigan is probably, where does beta rank Beta rank Scott in Michigan at 19 with, I mean, with about 82% ish um, preseason weight in there still. Um, it's got Washington at 18 with that much. Like I think Michigan's likely a top 15 team. I don't think they're a top 10 team. Um, Washington, I don't know. What do you think of that offense? Like what <laughs> I mean, everybody's going to play better, but like how much better is a big question.
1: Yeah, that's why I think the is the bet. And I I've, I've bet this multiple times now. Um the number is 80 uh, 48 and a half. so you're still above that that key 48 number. Um if you're if you're Washington and you're a fan and you're going to this game, here is here's how you win. It's through the defense and through um you're going to need a couple throws from Dylan Morris. Um, I, one of the things that, that we didn't mention on the last podcast was there was a number of, uh, Washington wide receivers that were out, but you know, I've heard a lot of national people talk about that. That still doesn't mean that they're that good. <laughs> like I think right. I mean, that was the problem, right? It's like you had, um, the young players a few years ago, weren't either either through stubbornness or through talent, weren't able to beat out average seniors. And then, um, and then a lot of them transferred, So I I do know that Washington is recruited better at the wide receiver position. We were really excited about that, but we haven't seen the production. They absolutely need to step up and and get a few explosive plays because they cannot grind back and forth with with Michigan. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be able to run the ball particularly well, just given what we saw. Um, against Montana, like I think that's systemic. That's not just scheme, right? You should be able to run the ball against Montana, uh, you know, regardless. And they didn't. And that defensive line, like I, I think, I think Michigan's defense is pretty good. And and everything that you saw under Don Brown last year, I would throw out. And it's just if you're Washington, you have to rely on those explosive plays through the air, which I don't know you're going to get with with Dylan Morris. I do not trust him. Um, and you're going to need your defense to be awesome. And I think the secondary is going to be awesome. But can Michigan run on Washington? And we don't know the answer to that. But I think the answer will be probably a little, <laughs> which might just keep that, that might win the game. What makes me nervous about taking Washington, which is which I did and which I'll do on the podcast anyway, is um, I just think they're going to keep the score really low. Like they're going to keep Michigan under 24 points. And can Washington put up enough to, to get get within striking distance? I just don't think they will. And um, and, and that's going to be a problem because John Donovan will still be there the following week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's all right. I mean, I have faith in the Husky defense for the most part here. They're, they're still running at scheme. They don't give up big plays. They're going to make you drive the length of the field. Michigan's had, you know, other than the collapse last year, they've had a decent offense. They don't have a great offense. Um, you know this Washington defense is going to be a significant step up in quality for them. Yeah. Uh, as well. That said, like they're going to throw the ball a bit more than like they're not going to have McNamara throw the ball 11 times, right? Like, you know, they're not they're not going to average 7.8 a carry either. You know, Washington. I mean, Montana. I mean, they did. I mean, Harris had 4.7 a carry. I mean, they did run the ball somewhat well. Um, I just, I I think the secondary for Washington is really, really good. I think that, you know, I think the special team should be pretty good. Um, I think that they likely keep the game close, Um, but it's hard. It is hard to see because I think Michigan's defense is going to be a lot improved off of what they were last year. I think that, and they should be a significant step up from what Washington saw. It's just really hard to see Washington. I think they will improve. They'll open things up a bit. I mean, although you really feel like they had to try to open things up last week with the way things were going. And I think you're right about Washington's wide receiver talent. Like they lost Nakua to transfer. And I think a lot of fans talked themselves into the Michigan transfer um, and then the Texas tech transfer being upgrades and I'm just not sure that's the case.
1: And the tech transfer um, I tell. think, got injured too. And it should be, we yeah. should mention that Ronnie Bell, who's the best wide receiver and the biggest threat uh offensively for Michigan is also injured so I mean that that yeah. is it's not a plus for Bell I wanted to see Bell on the field but like from an X is an O standpoint that's a, that's a big win for Washington because I mean I think their secondary is just disgusting anyway <laughs> so like they're gonna yeah. I think they're really gonna make McNamara's life difficult um but and, and now he doesn't have his his top threat there so that's a problem I'm sorry I cut you off a bit but you're I agree with you on the wide receiver so
0: yeah, well, and I don't think – I mean, Morris isn't going to go out there and throw a three, in, three in, and three INTs and against. I mean, if he throws two, he's out of the game, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just don't think – I'm just – I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I like Michigan here. I had a – you know, Beta rank has it, you know, 2.9 points. You know, Michigan is a favorite, um, you know, in the game. I, I, I don't know that it's a full touchdown because I think it's going to be just a close, low-scoring game. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have, the, the shines come off this one a bit. This one was in, you know, some of the shine had been taken off last year by how, you know, bad Michigan was, but, um, you know, really the, the, this kind of a, this kind of a loss from Washington, just, uh, the prior week, it's just, a uh, it's a, it's tough to keep this as a marquee matchup.
1: Yeah. It's possible that there's a same Heward sighting. We'll see. Um, that would be a hell of a game to throw him into as a true freshman oh
0: no i mean if you if if they're struggling you know i mean jimmy lake you if they str- if they're struggling in this game and morris is struggling you might as well i mean like you might as well play for it you know and then fans will at least have something to hope for that you're building towards something
1: yeah oh absolutely um i mean you mentioned morris isn't going to throw for three interceptions, but is he going to throw for 350 yards? Nope. Like, no. yeah, right. It's probably two fifty, two touchdowns and a pick and that's not going to do it. And I think that's on a good day against uh, Michigan on the road. So, um that's and why I, I don't th- think
0: Morris is necessarily like their biggest. Pro- I mean, Donovan is biggest <laughs> <Yes>. problem.
1: <laughs> that's also very true. Um let's uh, let's leave that there. Uh so I'm going to take I'm going to take Michigan. Um who are you, who do you got? We're going to give 7 points here.
0: Uh, I don't want to like, like it's tough because I don't want to overreact. I think I'm going to go with the Huskies here. I think seven is, is a little too much. I think this game is tight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll, it will be low scoring. So take a look at that under, um, it started at 51 and that got banged down to eight, 48 and a half. I took it anyway. I just think that this is going to be a, and, and there's going to be some wind probably there. So just keep that in mind too. So you got some new quarterbacks throwing in some wind and, um, and we'll see what happens. All right. Where to next here, Rob?
0: do you want to cover Texas A&M in Colorado? <laughs>
1: oh, man. oh man. Jimbo's moving the ball, baby. He's, he's uh, up that pace a little bit, which is, which is fascinating. I think that adds a new dynamic to how we break this game down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, well, I mean, we'll see if, I, I don't know if Jimbo's going to go or stay, you know, like in that, but it was a, it was an, it was an interesting wrinkle certainly to throw out there. Um, this one's tough. This is a, this is a, we talked about that. I mean, this is a real tough matchup for Colorado. Talent wise, AM has recruited really, really well. They're, they're well coached. Jimbo Fisher's your offensive play caller. Mike Elko's your defensive play caller. Um, You know, Colorado just, it's not a, I mean, I, I don't want to say like, I don't think that they, like, I thought Colorado was fine last week, you know, again, like, congrats on, congrats. Like to everyone that plays at FCS team, congrats, like, <laughs> sorry, Washington. Um, you know, I mean, but I think what was interesting was that, um, you know, uh, from the quarterback for Kent state, he's a pretty well-regarded guy. I mean, like the, a lot of scout, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily like a high NFL pick type guy, but really good college quarterback. Um, he, I mean, A&M really, really shut down that Kent state offense. Um, you know, that, that's a tough one for Colorado. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, I think that's the biggest problem, right? So how many points is Colorado going to score on this defense? Because one of the things that, that you've been on, and, and it's not just you, but like the, like the advanced metrics, particularly before COVID really just highlighted that right when Jimbo got in, that defense started to really become a cohesive unit and they are replacing a lot of pieces. But that run defense in particular is a problem, and that's the strength of Colorado, right? Like, I don't see Brendan Lewis chucking the ball over the field. He does have some interesting wide receivers. Um, and if there's one weakness, I think, last year that we saw from AM, it was actually um, some explosive plays through the air. But I don't know if we're going to – I mean – Holy Moses, it'd be awesome if we see that, right? If first first quarter and all of a sudden you see Lewis just chuck it down to like a streaking wide receiver. Woo, that'd be awesome. But I, I don't know if that's what we're gonna get um, as fired up as this team's gonna be.
0: Yeah, this is this should be a tough I mean, this is gonna be really tough. I mean, I I think I think I mean I, I think last season you can make an argument that Kent State had about as good as an offense as Colorado did. Um, you know, I mean Colorado last, I mean, it's just, this is, this is not a great, I mean, they struggled throwing the ball last year. You could put some of that on Neuer. Um, but A&M was really solid against the run. Colorado's going to have a tough time if they're not able to run the football, um, you know, catching up, uh, with the Aggies. Cause I, I really do expect them to score. I, I expect A&M to be able to score in this game. Jimbo Fisher is a really, really good offensive play caller and he's got a ton of talent.
1: The one thing that could keep him in the game are turnovers. Right, Hain Smith threw three picks in his first game. Not a great sign. Yep. Now, but but it also shows how dominant A is when they win the game by a gazillion points and like <laughs> they turn the ball over three times. Um, what one player to really look out for though? So we have been talking about is is Colorado's front seven good? I think they are like they have a bunch of five year seniors. I think their linebacking linebackers are interesting. Um, I forget the the kid that's there. He's been there for like seven years too. Uh but you know, we're gonna really find out how good they are because Texas ran all over them. Now, B. John yeah. Robinson ran all over them. So that that's a difference. But there's a guy named uh I think it's uh Smith, who is like a two way player. Um, that guy is really freaking good. Um he had like six hundred yards reception 500 yards on the ground um he's somebody that really can be um a player that like that just is going to be all over the field the whole time and it'll be up to the defensive front to stop him but you know if if they aren't able to really throw the ball as well as we would think i still don't know how good the secondary is for colorado is it good like i i don't
0: know yeah, we, we didn't really, in a lot of ways, get to tell us. I mean, Texas is a quarterback that's Thompson. Um, last year that came in, he had a really good game against them. And some of it was, of course, that they couldn't stop Robinson. So it, it was all downhill for them. But, um, you know, I i think King, sure. I mean, he had some bad, he had some real bad throws. I mean, three picks, but, you know, he still put up 292, you know, 21 to 33, like, he'll clean some of that up, of course. Um, and they ran, I mean, they ran, I mean, Kent state, of course, doesn't have some amazing defense, but they ran all over them. Um, that's, that's the real, I mean, if you're Colorado, you have to shut down the run and force King to beat you through the air. Um, I still think you were going to lose unless you turn them over two or three times, but you got to hope that you're able to do that and run the football. Um, that's a tall, that's a real tall order for color. I mean, Batering's got them as a, thirteen point seven eight underdog.
1: Yeah, I think this is I think this is similar to Texas where it's just a giant talent gap. And yeah. I'm glad you know Colorado is a good story. I think they're gonna win a couple games in the Pac twelve, but I don't trust them against a team that is just bigger, faster, stronger. And, you know, the coaching staff has done a good job like keeping like building a little bit of a culture, right? And making a really difficult year um a fun one for the team, which is so bizarre to actually say, but you could you could see Colorado is having fun playing football in the middle of a national international pandemic and uh, and that's a kudos to the coaching staff but it is still Chiverini um I don't I don't know about Durrell yet and I just think Jimbo's going to be ready to make a statement I'm going to take Texas a and I think that they um the the one strength of Colorado is the run game and um but that's also the strength of Texas a and um I think A&M will be able to move the ball at least through the air uh, 17 is a lot, but I just don't 17's see, a lot. yeah, I just don't know how much Colorado is going to score, right? Like, I just, I think it's going to be like a 21, seven or like, you know, 24, seven, 24, like 30 to 10, like that kind of ish type of game. And, um, I, I think the under is also like an interesting pick here. Like if I were to pick one of those, I didn't bet this, but I like the under it's 50 and I just yeah. don't think Colorado's going to put enough points to get to fifty. And I think Colorado's run defense is good enough to hold Texas A and M under you know thirty five points. So uh, that's what I'm taking. What about you, Rob?
0: I think so. I mean, if if you think it's going to go under, I think seventeen's a lot. I mean, I I think Colorado will get some points. I think A and M is a little inexperienced. So I I I'm going to take Colorado here. I I I don't. I just don't think it's. I think they lose by fourteen. I don't think they lose by three scores.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we will take a look at what happens there. Really fascinating game. we got a lot more to cover, and we'll do it right after this.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons.
1: This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
1: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal.
1: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back. And let's go to the Holy War, Rob. Let's go to the Holy War. Let's do it. Utah, seven-point favorite against BYU. So I might have been... It might've been just cause I was at the game, but I thought BYU played so poorly against an Arizona team. And I just thought, man, Utah, Utah is going to rip apart this defense. Um, and I know Charlie Brewer didn't have the best game against Weber state. I understand that. Like <laughs> he he's like, but he's exactly what that team wants to be and will be this year, right? Manage the game, throw to the tight ends, get us down the field, let our running backs take care of business. And there was nothing that BYU did against Arizona that made me think, and I don't think they were holding back. That, that's the thing that's interesting, right? I mean, like, this is also a Power 5 game for them, so it wasn't like they were playing. I mean, uh, well, yeah, it, it, it is like they were playing Kansas a little bit, but, <laughs> but it's still like, you know, it's a Power 5 game for them, and they're trying to make a statement. They were invited to the Big 12 and all that stuff. I, I, think, you, I think Utah is going to beat this team by a lot. Um, but it seems like you were a little bit more bullish on BYU.
0: Look, I don't think BYU, I mean, I think BYU, we should remember, though, is a really, really young team. Um, I don't mean, I mean, like, they're old in actual years, but in terms of football playing experience, they are young, you know? <laughs> um, and, that, uh, and I think Hall, I mean, so, like, one thing that to, to keep an eye on, that where Arizona absolutely got burned, was at, on the edges right on those explosive run plays um but also i mean hall brings a dimension he is quite fast um you know so he brings an additional dimension in with his speed um so i think you know and i think i think BYU did enough defensively i mean i don't think that they're i mean i don't like again like i just i'm not sold on this utah offense right now like um, they they have some work to do and you know i'm not sure that they're going to be able to just pound the ball at byu um, and i don't know that brewers necessarily like, I, I think i think utah's defense is going to be able to slow down byu considerably right um you know much more so than even arizona was um but i'm not i'm just not sure on this on this uh, this utah offense that they're going to be able to just show up, um, you know, and, and, and just, you know, run all over or throw all over the Cougars. I just, I have a really hard time seeing that. Um, You know, I don't think that, I think they have an experienced offensive line. A lot of people think returning starts are what matters, but their offensive line hasn't graded out that well in pass protection. BYU has got a pretty active front. Um, I think Brewer could face some pressure in this game. I mean, I, I like, Utah to still win the game, but I, I have a hard time seeing them blow BYU out.
1: Yeah, I I can see a scenario where they're able to get in the backfield to make Brewer's life difficult. Um, but he's just got those security. But if they get aggressive, right, he's gonna throw those tight ends, and it's like the easiest thing. I mean, not the easiest. Mean, I can't do it. But <laughs> if you're a quarterback, right, you got you got a little, t- you got a big L tight end there. It's kind of like the the easy out for that. Um, I think that their yeah. running running game will be pretty good. I don't know. Just from from like I just trust this coaching staff, and I understand that their offensive line is not as good as what people think it is. I'm and I'm in on that. I've bought into that. But I just think that the offense is going to be a significant step up from what we saw last year, given the quarterback change. Um, I think they have enough horses to run the ball to to more more than they need to go around. Um, And it's a question of can they stop BYU? And um, I mean BYU like. On paper, BYU looked pretty good, right? Jaron Hall had, you know, two hundred yards, two touchdowns, you know, average sixty four percent, seven yard pass, you know, average rate. They ran for one hundred sixty one yards against Arizona, but I I saw that game (laughs) like I was not impressed that that entire time that offense was playing. I'm like, yeah, that's not very good. Um, so I just I just feel like if if it's if it's gonna take them a lot of effort to score 23 points against Arizona. You know, let's see what they're able to do against BYU. And I do think BYU is going to put up at least 24 points on him. Um, I don't know. I seven- think
0: that's right. I just, I have a hard time with seven points. I mean, I just, I think, I think BYU, I think Hall, and I, I like their running back. I like, uh, Al, Algier. I think he's good. Um, you know, for BYU. I just, I, I think Hall is going to cause them some problems with his feet, you know. Like that's that that's a, I mean i I mean BYU's defense is going to be a significant step up versus Arizona. Um, I you know you can talk yourself into I think Brewer not leaving money on the table in the way Gunner Cruz did. Um, you know in that game because Cruz left a lot of money on the table yeah. <laughs> with th- yeah. throws, right? That he missed. But you know I think I I just I, I think Brewer, I mean, I, I think BYU in this game is going to, I mean, it is at home. I think this is a game that their, their defense is going to, I mean, and I don't think, I think their defense can slow Utah down. Um, I don't think, I mean, this should be a low scoring game. Um, Whittingham, Whittingham can play, I mean, so can Satake. I mean, they can play pretty slow if they want. <laughs> so that's, that's a little, like, that might keep this game, a little more artificially close to is just limiting the number of possessions. I mean, in that case, when I look at this, like it's just hard to see either team without a bunch of turnovers really pulling away much, um, in this game.
1: Yeah. On the road that that's the, that, that gives me some pause. Puka Nakua wasn't playing in the Arizona game either. So that gives me some pause. And the fact that I think hall had one breakaway run. So you could tell he was holding some stuff back. Um, so if there's one, he's got wheels, he's fast. I mean, he's
0: fast. He was a running back for them.
1: Yeah. I think that's the one thing where if they held anything back, it was him getting out of that pocket and rolling, which he did for like 70 yards against Arizona. It was kind of like a backbreaking play in that game. At the same time, Arizona missed two field goals and should have had a touchdown. So how good is that defense? You know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't, I, like I said, like, I don't, I think, but I think BYU is going to play better than they did against Arizona in all likelihood. I mean, it's possible that Utah's offense, you know, puts more together here too. Um, you know, I, I, and really it is a question because I don't think that either team is necessarily gonna like pull away. I mean, the only thing to do is big plays and turnovers, right? And I guess if you, if I was going to say the team more likely to put up like a really big explosive play is is BYU um, than Utah. I think Utah is going to be able to drive to put up points, but I think if, you know, BYU is probably going to have a, an explosive touchdown or two.
1: Yeah. You almost convinced me. Um, you almost made me switch my pick. I'm going to, I'm going to stay with Utah on general principle, but, uh, but that makes a ton of sense, right? Like you're absolutely right. Who's more likely to, you know, it's, it's third and three and the crowd's going nuts and boom, 70 yard play. It's not Utah is <laughs> <It's> BYU. Yeah. <laughs> and that could be I the mean, difference. It's,
0: it's hard for me to, can you see Utah getting to thirty? I mean, I just can't. I mean, I, it's hard for me to see them getting to twenty-eight, um, and I think BYU can get to seventeen. I
1: think they can get to twenty-eight. Thirty would be hard. Thirty would be hard. I mean, they oh, they should have given up twenty-eight to Arizona, so but they will yeah. play better. But uh, but like I think that the level of competence is higher too. So yeah, I'll still take Utah. I, I like what you're saying, and I, I, I buy into a lot of it. It's just more. This is more. Trust in the coaching staff, trust in the personnel that they have and, um, yeah. and just taking my chances, but you're going to take BYU.
0: I'm going to say at seven points, I'm going to take BYU.
1: Okay. I bet on this too, by the way. So this was one of the ones that I actually bet on. So, um, now I'm feeling a little bit more worried about it. So, <laughs> so, so that's a job. Well done, Rob. Um, let's go to, where do you want to go next?
0: Should we do AS, ASU real quick?
1: <laughs> so, so it's, it's funny. I, I, Max, Max Meyer really got me into the, the, the totals because it kind of, it's an indication of what the, the handicappers think the game's going to be like, right? So this, uh, this total is 50 and my initial, my immediate reaction was, well, I guess they think ASU is going to score 50 points. <laughs> like, yeah. just, uh, this ASU or this UNLV team sucks right now. And we weren't really fans of who's the, who's the coach that they brought over from Oregon.
0: Oh, he's the he was the Marcus Arroyo.
1: Yeah, I don't think he was right? that good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think he was that great.
1: Good luck moving that football. <laughs> UNLV. Oh, they
0: lost. I mean, they lost to an FCS team last week, so
1: the so the spread went from 38 to 33. So it, did, it it got pulled down. So there 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 was sharp money on UNLV. Um but now that it's at 33, I I just think ASU stomps on this team. Um I think they can put up 33 points. Um, I think they can put up more than 33 points. They're going to run the ball. They're going to throw the ball. Um, and I don't think UNLV and LV and like, you know, duct tape and chip chicken wire transfer, you know, uh, strategy is really going to get them over the hump here. I'm going to take ASU. I think this is a blowout.
0: Yeah. I mean, beta has got it pretty high up there too. Bittering's got it at 30.45. Um, the only thing that gives me pause is Herm slowing the dang game down.
1: Yeah, that is true.
0: I mean, that's that's truly it. Is that Herm? They they are not a high possession team, um, and that means, and I think they can score pretty much every time they get the ball. I mean, uh, UNLV gave up thirty five points to Eastern Washington. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, now they didn't, Eastern Washington didn't try to run the ball a lot in that game. Um, so that's one to sort of keep an eye. UNLV was able to run the ball pretty well, but I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball real well against ASU. So, uh, what is it at 33? I mean, 38, I would actually take UNLV.
1: Oh yeah, me too. But then then it popped down, and and like so, I almost bet UNLV with real money. And then uh, by the time I got back from Vegas, it was it was not it was not that number anymore.
0: Um, oh, that's a tough one.
1: One thing to keep in mind it's, too. It just still feels like a lot,
0: like for for an ASU team that does slow it down. But I, I think I think ASU may even get a defensive touchdown or two here. So give me the Sun Devils.
1: Yeah, the w- one really big thing to keep in mind is that. There's, you know, I mean, maybe this is maybe this is why we should take UNLV. Um, this special team sucks, like, they were a mess. Um, Michael Turk, yeah. So, they, I mean, they were missing field goals, the punts were awful. So, I do think that that is a problem, and like, they're trying to decide what to do this week about that. Um, and I don't know if there's an actual answer to it. So, I mean, that's one thing, and the other is. I do think ASU might keep this pretty vanilla. Oh man, I'm almost talking myself out of 33. ASU is going to keep this vanilla, right? Like they're going to want to make a statement yeah. against BYU. And, and when they get into conference play, gross. 38. I mean, there's
0: no point. I mean, there's no point in like pulling any out any stops against this bad UNLV team. Like get, get just get you guys some experience. And what's interesting too, is if you look at that, um, that game against Southern Utah, you know, like they got the backup some playing time. I could see them going to their bench pretty heavy again in this game.
1: Oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch my pick to UNLV. Um, I can't believe I'm doing this. Talk me into it
0: too. <laughs> I was like I was like half-hearted because I just I just like with Herm, I could just it's just hard to see Herm like he he's he's more than satisfied by with winning by 25. He's more than happy. Call it a day. And, and like the other thing too is,
1: I think ASU is going to score forty points, um, but if it's forty to seven, you still don't cover. <laughs> um, yeah, and and with with uh, I think they are going to miss. There there are going to be some likely miscues on special teams that might might get us over that. All right, I'll I'll take you in LV. You can you you got me on that one, Rob. That w- that was good thinking.
0: All right, all right, we're both in on 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 the road dogs gross. <laughs> on that one. So gross.
1: Uh, okay, where do you next?
0: Uh, when do we want to do the conference game? Let's do that now. Which should be hideous. I mean, or it could be. <laughs> I mean, we'll see.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, Stanford looked awful. They made the decision to make Tanner McKee the quarterback, which is the right decision. Which, uh, you know, yes. Look, we have we have criticized. David Shaw so many times, um, but also like if compliment, I mean, like he's, he's built something at Stanford um, that's falling apart now, but he, he did keep things going and, and even um, raised expectations of what you could expect there. Um, With that said, and, and on the same, on the same wavelength, you know, it took him like three, games to figure out that Kevin Hogan was like an actually good quarterback and, and the guy that was behind him was not, was it still, I forget who it was. Um, he's made the wrong decision multiple times at quarterback, at least this time it only took him one game. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so we do have McKee, but w- what are some keys here because I just don't trust any USC team with a large spread. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious what you think here.
0: Yeah, this is interesting because like, I mean, we cert, I, we have plenty of data over the last few seasons, that Stanford can put together a decent offensive output, right? <laughs> like, I mean, like last last year they graded out at number seven in effective pass. I mean, they were horrible running the ball last year, seventy-three in effective rush, um, but they were number seventeen overall in beta rank throwing, you know, in, on offense last season. Um, you can certainly, it's just it is hard to talk yourself into this USC. You know, I mean Starkle he, he didn't he you know, they didn't he didn't put up any touchdowns, but he still threw for three oh eight. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean with a significant talent deficit versus, you know, the Trojans. Um I just I mean, I think Stanford's defense is still god awful, right? Um And I I think that's the big thing, but I just, I have a really hard time with 17. I mean, I think Stanford looked horrible, but I think they will play better offense. I'm not going to say defensively, offensively in this game.
1: The thing that worries me is the, the lack of running game that they had. Uh, And I'm with you. That's been
0: for years.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. But it's more like, I thought that they made a step forward in the small amount of, you know, small amount of space that they had last year where I'm like, okay, I can see the offensive line looking a little better. And on paper, I want to take USC, everything on paper. I want to take USC. I I think USC will throw the ball on Stanford. I think they will run the ball on Stanford. I think their defensive line is better and is going to give Stanford problems given the fact that they couldn't get anything going on the ground against Kansas state. Um, I think McKee will put up some points and I don't think they're going to look as bad as they were um, against Kansas state, because if you can move them, I mean, think of what, what a bad position. Jack West put that defense in over and over and over again. Oh yeah. And still Kansas state only scored 24 points. Um,
0: Kansas state is no offensive juggernaut.
1: Yeah. Um, I just, ah, uh, I, uh, I, like, I really, really want to take you uh USC, but I can't bring myself to do it because I do think Stanford's going to score. And I just think USC is going to make stupid mistakes. That's good. Like 16 has a lot of points against any, any conference, you know, anybody in conference. And, And it seems like Stanford plays them pretty well. Normally. I don't know what, like, do you have that nagging, you know, like red flag in your brain?
0: Yeah. I mean, beta rank. I mean, again, like this is a small, I mean, small sample and a lot of last year data, even some data from the year before. Um, it's got it at 11, you know, and I, I mean, it's, I mean, man, I mean like usually the nerds beat the books, um, in accuracy last week, the the books beat the nerds cause the nerds are not working off great data right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, um, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't like USC is this big of a favorite here. I think Stanford's off. I think McKee is the right call. Here's my question, though, that gives me real pause with taking it because I think I think USC is going to do dumb things. I think they're still going to try to run the football <laughs> a lot, right? Yeah. And Stanford's you know, likely going to have a better defense than San Jose State. Um, is it just, I don't the only, and this is it, like, because I think McKee's fine. I think he's got all the physical tools you could want. Um, I think David Pritchard is a pretty good play caller. I think he's demonstrated that over the last couple seasons. Um, you know, so he he should get the benefit of the doubt. He's had some pretty good years in the bank um, to get this turnaround. I just I really worry about the pass catchers for Stanford. That's my biggest concern with them getting it going and turning it around. Is that I don't think that they had. I just don't, I don't, it didn't seem like they had the kind of guys they've had of late at wide receiver.
1: See, and um, and I, I tend to, I think that they've recruited really well. Now, maybe it's not going to facilitate itself on the, on the field, right? Um, but man, that, that wide receiving core is just loaded with tall four-star blue chip players. Um, yeah. And maybe they weren't open or maybe Jack West was that bad. Um, and yeah. They al- and they also have like four blue chip tight ends. I just think yeah. this team is like, that was why I was so frustrated with that game. Cause I'm like the, everything on the Stanford, like Stanford's defense is awful. I, I will, I will plant my flag there along with everybody else, but the offense should be decent and it wasn't. And I just don't think it was as bad as we saw. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll take, agree. I'll take the points. I, I, I need to take a shower after this, but you
0: know, like, <laughs> I mean, everyone played so badly and here's the thing. I mean, Some of these teams are going to play better. Some of them are going to be just as bad. Some might even play worse, but I mean, that's what will be so interesting to see that like, I'm not sure who's going to play a lot better or who's going to play a lot worse. I just, I feel like we've overreacted to how, I mean, Kansas state does have a pretty decent defense. They run, we've seen the, that North Dakota state offense has not translated well to the FBS level, but the defense has, um, both at Wyoming and Kansas State and now at Michigan State with Scotty Hazelton as the play caller there. Um I I I I tend to think that Stanford keeps it closer to 10 points in this game.
1: Okay. All right, we're in agreement here. We'll see uh we'll see you. <laughs>
0: Ugh, it's, I, uh, I mean it feels it feels like it feels like because I think people have overreacted a little bit, the lines have gotten big. so I feel like I'm taking a few too many more dogs than I am comfortable with. but yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: well we have three more games, including a real big one. Let's get to those right after this. All right, we're back. and Rob, let's get to it. Let, let's not let our organ friends hang in anymore. We have a lot of organ listeners. Uh, Oregon goes into the horseshoe as a 14 and a half point underdog against Ohio state. And at first the game is
0: not sold out. Did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah. So this, like, this is, like, <laughs> this is one of those ones where like, despite all the yelling and screaming that goes on, like there seems to be like a silent majority of people that are like, Quietly, like no, we're a little concerned. So, like, yeah, this game. And I live in Columbus, and people are insane about the Buckeyes in Columbus. Insane. Like, I didn't know that they could make so many T-shirts, but they've only sold about a hundred thousand tickets. There's still about two thousand tickets left unsold, which is incredibly unusual for Ohio State. Normally, Ohio State is sold out well in advance, and there are barely any games left for the general public to buy, or tickets left for the general public to buy. Huh. Huh. Um, it's still 100,000 people. I mean, in theory, it may not be a full house, which is interesting.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. And they didn't look great. Now, it was a, it, it, Ohio State didn't look great against Minnesota. It was a difficult starting game, right? You have a conference away game against a, a just a stadium that was just fired up. Now you get you get back home. I mean, Oregon's better than Minnesota, and I know yes. I know what we saw with Oregon was disappointing. Last game, at the same time, man, this Ohio State defense, at least the front seven, are going to be pretty darn good, and I think we did, we have seen a lot of sample size over the last three years of Oregon not running the ball in an efficient manner, and I think that that happens again in this game, and even even more so with that front seven, right? Like the the key though is can Anthony Brown or the freshman throw that ball down that field because that's where Ohio state has gotten burned in the last couple of years. Is that, is that a fair statement?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like other than the Clemson game last year, Ohio state struggled in the pass rush. Now they really got after Clemson. They made Trevor Lawrence's night pretty long, but a lot of the rest of the year last year, they didn't have their normal dominant pass rusher in there. Um, that you feel like you've gotten used to like every year, Ohio state's going to have like a top 10 pick at, at you know, at defensive end. Um, now they have just a, a overflowing of riches. <laughs> I mean, Thibodeau is going to be the best, you know, Thibodeau is going to be the best player on the field. Hands down. Um, if he's
1: healthy, I think, I think, think going to be at 70% max,
0: but you know, like Ohio state's got a ton of, you know, talented. Some of those guys are young, um, but they did struggle. I mean, they did struggle against, against Minnesota. Um, you know, they were not, I think one of the things that really stood out, you know, is that they, they didn't, they ran the ball well. I mean, they, they had 7.7 per rush, but they weren't as consistent as you would have expected. Um, Stroud struggled day runs. What I think, I mean, and maybe Chip Kelly too. Now you can put him up there. I think the most interesting, sophisticated, you know, rushing attack in college football and day matches that up with. Downfield passes on option routes, and that requires that the QB and the you know, because we talked about this with the run and shoot, the QB and the receivers have to make the same read. And Stroud just seems to take a little more time processing, right, than you know Justin Fields had done, Uh, which is fine. He's you know first time in there under the lights. You know he certainly had some struggles, Um, but that's I mean that's the key for or I mean I don't think if you're Oregon. You're gonna fully stop Ohio State's run game, you know, you have to slow it down a bit. You just can't give up the big plays in the passing game, you know, as the Buckeye's key off the run game. Um, but then you know, I guess the question I have are like, do you think Oregon, because I think you can, I think you can throw the ball on this Ohio State defense. Do you think although I mean Minnesota also ran the ball pretty well (laughs) against them? Do you think or I mean that's the question I think you, you have to come back to with this, this ducks offense is like, they just, they, they just seem to lack kind of crispness and execution. And I think they've got the, I think they've got some players. Um, and I think Brown makes better reads than Shuck did for sure. Um, you know, and reading the offense, but he's, I mean, Brown's going to have to have himself a game, um, you know, it you know, here for Oregon to win. I mean, they've got, a i mean, they're a huge underdog in this game. Comparatively.
1: <laughs> 14 and a half. I think it's an overreaction, but I, I almost, I disagree a little bit with what Brown needs to do to, to cover. Maybe not to win. I actually, I do agree with you to win, right? If, to win, he's going to need to hit a couple plays that are just big breakers. Right. I think to cover, I mean, we've seen Joe Moorhead's, at least enough of Moorhead's offense with Shuck where you go, that guy's open, that guy's open, <laughs> that guy's yeah. open. And oh, Shuck yeah. just missed, missed those. That will happen with Ohio state. I think there's going to be enough. I think they went about as vanilla as they could, although they did have to probably open things up against Fresno state because it got pretty close. Um, but I do, I do think there's going to be a lot of those moments where it's Brown making the right read for 15 yards. It's Brown making the yeah. right read for 10 yards and I think that's going to be enough for Oregon to be able to cover a 14 and a half point spread. I don't know if they have the running game. Uh, that's the, so you mentioned that Minnesota was able to run the ball. They got an awesome running back and that running back is better than any running back in Oregon's backfield right now. And I don't care what you say, Hipple Day. Um, I've seen, you know, maybe, they, maybe they are better, but you're just not, there has not been a history of that. And I, and I know how many blue chip players are back there. Um, I just, I just don't think that they have the potency that Minnesota had, which sounds silly, but it's, I think it's true. Um, it's, it, I think the other key is how good are those, how good are those corners? How good's that secondary? There's those two kids. Because Ohio were, State's got some guys. Oh my God, Chris Olave. I don't know if anybody watched the uh, Minnesota game, but if you didn't watch the highlights, that there's a move where Olave just, I mean. It's like in Madden where you have the the, the little like de doop stick and he hit it like four times like and, and just I mean it was, it was amazing and that was that's one of five wide receivers that they have. The good thing, Rob, is the the two knuckleheads that were running around shooting people with pellet guns will be in this game. Um, the two corners, and yeah, and I mean like they got blue chip players all across the board. That's why that's why I took the points. So I'm like this Oregon team's good. Uh, I don't know if they're good enough to beat uh, Ohio state. And I just think Ohio state's a better team, but they do have the freshman quarterback. I mean, does that give you any pause here? The freshman quarterback in a really big game?
0: Oh, no. I mean, Stroud. Absolutely. I mean, Oregon's going to have better talent on the field than Minnesota had. Um, you know, I just, I, and I, and they're, you know, Oregon should, I mean, they struggled in their run fit last season. We didn't really get to see that tested with Fresno state. Look, I do think I, I don't want to make too much of like I mean Fresno State is going to have a very good offense this year, like book it, like they 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 might have a top 25 offense in college football. Oregon got a tough test out the gate offensively there, but you know it, if if you're if you're Oregon like man Ohio State's gonna hit. I mean I think they're gonna hit. I mean Stroud's likely to make some progress from game one to day, game two. Um, you know, that's, that's the, the real worry. I just, I have a hard time. I think Moorhead and his, I don't think I just, I'm not a believer in this Ohio state defense. And that gives me a real pause with this 14 points. I I like the ducks. I think Moorhead, um, has enough. I think Brown's a better choice for them than what the they had with Shuck last year. Right. And I think that they have enough playmakers that if, if they're able to generate any kind of open space, which has been a I mean the Buckeyes have had a problem with that then i I really like the ducks to and Brown gives them another option too, right I mean his mobility um you know with morehead scheming i, I think is an option that's gonna could really give the Buckeyes fits so fourteen's too much, give me the ducks here, yeah we'll be there to 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 watch it in person,
1: yeah, so some of this is is hopeful thinking too, but um <laughs> um is there so yeah? I've, I'm I'm on Oregon also. I've bet this twice. Um, I got 14, and then it went back up to 14 in a, in a hook. So I took the hook also. Do um, is there any scenario where that you can see where Oregon wins this game?
0: That's harder. I I, I think you're going to have to. Ha- I think Oregon's going to have to finish plus two on turnovers, um, or their linebackers and you know their interior defensive linemen just ball out. And they're able to really shut, you know, slow down. I don't think you can shut down, but slow down. I mean, I don't know that Oregon has the defensive chops to run what Benables ran against Ohio State in that playoff game in 2019, you know, where he brought in the extra safety um, to control the run. And it worked. I mean, Clemson slipped into a 3-3-5 and they were able to use their athleticism to slow down the Buckeyes run game. I don't know that Oregon's got those kind of chops, um, but they're going to need they're going to need Stroud to kind of miss some big plays that might be there in the pass game, um, and only just slow down the run game and, and generate some turnovers.
1: Yeah, I think there's a world where it happens, but it just because um, uh, I thought, ooh, it was like, is this like a sprinkle game? You know, getting those fourteen and a half points that so went straight up, but on the road, uh, they're going to be like, or Ohio State's going to score thirty five points. Um, it's just, can, can Oregon do the same and Ohio state's front seven are pretty nasty. So it's going to have to happen all on the arm of Anthony Brown. And I, I, I'm out, I'm out on that. Um, I hope it happens, but I just, I wouldn't put real money on, on that. Let's move on to San Diego State at Arizona, Rob. And I love the Cats in this game. Love it, love it. I want it. Give me all those points. What, uh, what do you, what you think about this matchup? It's gonna be it's gonna be the dumbest game in the world, but uh, I'm excited. This about is it.
0: amazing. Cause like San Diego State gave up like all the pa- all the passing yards to New Mexico State last week. Just shockingly, like New Mexico State passed for 326 yards. Now they did throw three picks but this New Mexico state team went nine for 31 passing the week before against UTEP. (laughs) So I just, I think it's a really interesting, I think this is a really interesting game in a way because like San Diego state still has a Neolithic offense. I mean, they were outgained last week by the, you know, the Aggies, Um, you know, and they, they, you know, they, they just ran the ball. I mean, they will probably open the offense up a little bit more. Um, you know, against Arizona, but they're, they're going to have to try to run the ball. They're not going to try to do anything outstanding. Um, you know, if you're Arizona, you should be able to, more than you were able to against BYU, be able to, that was Arizona. Arizona had struggled to set the edge against BYU's run game. That's what killed them in that game. Uh, offensively, I mean, defensively, right? And then like, you know, big player here or there. Um, I don't think you have that big concern from San Diego State. Um, but for Arizona's offense, like you're, I mean, I think this is right. I mean, just how much progress does Gunner Cruz make? Because like the stat line doesn't look bad, but like you were at the game. Oh, it was bad. And and I saw <laughs> like the stat line doesn't look bad, but like and they sort of picked it up in the second half. But you know, the actual throws and decision making were pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And, that, and that's something that's hard to fix, right? Like it's a little bit different for mechanics, and um, and maybe getting the ball out earlier, but not getting your reads is a pr- I mean, And this is somebody that's watched, you know, Khalil Tate play quarterback for three years or whatever. <laughs> like I don't, it's really difficult to fix that in, in a in a
0: week. Oh, that's, I mean, like you do it, like you're talking about, like you expect people to make some progress, right? Like they're gonna, you know, the jitters are gonna be less there. Crews may be more comfortable. Um, but he left money on the table for that. You know, Arizona, Arizona really could have beat BYU. Um, uh, as is, is odd as that is to say, <laughs> and, and they didn't because Cruz, I mean, he had, he had the one pick where he threw into to double coverage into bracket coverage, but he had a couple other really bad throws where he also threw into double coverage, threw into some bad coverage that could have been picks. Um, and that just, I don't, I mean, I still, I like, I mean, I think Arizona is going to be able to hold San Diego state's offense for the most part in check. I think Don Brown and the million transfers that they have on this <laughs> defense are are producing a better product. And I'm not saying that Arizona is going to have a good defense, but they've had one of the worst power five defenses for like eight years running. And I think, I think they might just merely have a bad power five defense this year. And that's a huge win for them. Um, and I actually think, I would think the offensive line was okay. I think they struggled with some pickup. Cruz didn't help him out by holding the, by basically zero blitz recognition. Um, you know, that's what that there's your, another concern there is as Cruz didn't have great blitz recognition and then fish sends the running back out on a route. So he's not going to stay in and chip, you know, much like, Cruz has to get the ball out and, and San Diego state can play a pretty aggressive defense. Um, that's, that's sort of a concern, but I just, I, I like the cats here. I think that they're improving. I'm not sold on San Diego state. I mean, the lines now Arizona at two, um, you know, beta Rank has this as Arizona as 1.45 at home. I mean, it, it feels about right. I mean, this feels like a shot. I mean, Arizona's got that long losing streak. Like it just, it feels like an opportunity for,
1: yeah, it's moved to two and a half uh, from a pickup. Oh, under. wow. Yeah, it was a pickup. Are... So, do you want to, so do you want let, to, let, let's do with where it is now um, because that is a lot, you know, it's still a field goal. Uh, on my end, <laughs> this box score for the New Mexico State San Diego State game is so dumb. Like, it's so stupid. Oh, yeah. um, I don't trust San Diego State's quarterback. I like Arizona's defense. Here, here's a bummer. So, I went in twice on the under at forty eight and a half. And I'm feeling a little bad about that right now. Because I don't think I don't think they're gonna be able to throw the ball a ton. San Diego State, but they might be able to run it. And that front seven is really going to need to to clamp down. And the fact that they gave up 326 yards to New Mexico State makes me wonder if I need to hedge this a little bit (laughs) because I just assumed that Arizona wasn't going to score very much and San Diego wasn't going to score very much. So the under was a good pick. I'm going to do a little bit more digging around here because I really think that this game was going to be like 21 to 10 or something like that, Um, which still could be the case. But I just, I think Arizona, like, I think the the, I saw it with my own eyes. That defense is better. And yeah. and yeah. San Diego State's offense isn't that great if they can load the box. And I do think that the the defensive line and the linebackers are like, OK, I mean, New Mexico State is garbage like they, I mean, they lost to was it UTEP by like you know, 30 points or something. Um, so I think Arizona can hold San Diego State to 150 yards rushing. Um, and if if it's that and their quarterback passing, then I think Arizona is going to win this game. And, yeah. Unless no, there's like eight picks, which you could do.
0: No, I mean, it's just, it's hard to, and I said like the line wasn't the Cruz's stat line wasn't that bad, but it's hard to imagine him playing a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, Cause the, some of the actual throws and decision-making were just impossibly questionable. I mean, the sacks were bad, you know, the, um, you know, some of the throws were really bad. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think this Arizona. I th- I I like, and not only that, I like Roland Wallace and Rutherford. I think they'll shut down San Diego State's wide receiver. So yeah, give me the Cats. I can't believe this. Give me Arizona.
1: All right, there we go. Last game, Portland State. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm looking at who Hawaii played. Hawaii goes across the uh, across the ocean to play the Beavers in Corvallis. This is an 11 point spread the beaves are a favorite in this game and i'm just looking back at because we saw a little bit of hawaii against ucla and um right. and they were bad i don't yes. know how good portland state is but hawaii gave them 35 points and that's probably not a good sign <laughs> um i um i don't quite know what to think here because I mean, my my initial knee jerk reaction is take the points because I think Hawaii is always awful when they go across uh, the sea and play a Pac twelve team. It's when Pac twelve yeah. teams go to Hawaii that's where that's where start gets things got to get a little hairy. Uh, I don't yeah. know. What, what did you think when you saw this matchup? It's kind of just a bizarre
0: one. Yeah, this. Is, I mean, and, and uh, Smith hasn't announced a quarterback. <laughs> he oh. and he's, he may not announce it before game time. Yeah. Um. You know, like, and, and Vegas certainly thinks there's going to be some points scored. I mean, it's a, you know, 64 and a half is the, um, the total. Um, I, I mean, I like the bees here. I mean, I, I thought they played, you know, I thought they played better with Nolan in there. They were in it, you know, for stretches of that game against Purdue. Um, you know, I just, I mean, it's weird. I mean, I, like, I, now, if Neuer trots out there, I mean, he may be injured, but if Neuer trots out there, I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm out. <laughs> Just uh, eject at that point, because <laughs> no matter how bad Hawaii's uh, defense is, like I'm, I'm the, the, Sam, the, the, Sam Neuer experience, he did look more mechanically sound in the game, but no, like 10 to 21 um, was not great. And he wasn't getting the ball downfield at all. Um, Nolan was significantly better when he came in. Um, you know, and they did... Str- I mean, I think Oregon State struggled a bit to run the ball against Purdue. I think that's... You're not going to struggle to run the ball against Hawaii. I, I think they're going uh, to go up and down the field.
1: Yeah, that was the point I was going to make where Hawaii gave up 200 and... What was it? They gave 400 to... Um, oh, felt 400, like 400 yards
0: passing. Oh, my gosh, to... Portland State. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think uh now they they were able to hold Portland State to like 70 yards on the ground, but like what does that mean? Um I I just think that this defense is probably bad and I I I think that like no if it, if it's Neuer, he's you're going to see a lot more of him running the ball. I think Smith is smart enough to understand, "Oh, I see what they were doing at Colorado. That's that's why that's why they used yeah. him as the quarterback." Uh if it's Nolan I don't know what to think because he'll be able to throw the ball. It's just, who is he throwing the ball to? Right. I think you get, you might get two picks from Nolan and that's the difference between 11 points and not 11 points. Um, so you like the bees, you like 11.
0: Uh, I mean, it's tough. Like beta has got it just under 11 at 10, (laughs) 10 and a half. Um, but you know, I, I like, um, I I think, well, oh, it's so hard. I mean, I don't think Purdue is going to end up being a particularly good team. So it is hard to suddenly turn around and say, yes, I have faith.
1: <laughs> What's, you know? how, so why are going to score? I didn't like anything uh, they did against UCLA, right? They put up a And I get, get it. That front seven's really good. Uh, but I don't know how good that secondary is.
0: I mean the question is is it like are they gonna be able to like because this is not the run and shoot, right? Like this yeah. is um you know the the offense that Todd Graham has run for a couple of years. Um, you know, and I I, I think you know they're gonna want to run the ball more um than maybe we're used to seeing with Hawaii. So if they're able to run the ball in Oregon State, that that's a key, I think, for um, you know, Hawaii being Stick get it and you know they I just I don't know give me I mean why is defense has been bad enough that yes I want to take the beefs here I do I mean, that it just seems like a lot of points for an Oregon State team that I agree it just I think they're well coached it just feels like this is not the year where they have the players
1: Ugh. I um, I wanted to take Oregon State but i don't trust those quarterbacks i think i think i think they're still going to score 35 um the beaves but i don't know if they're going to score 50 <laughs> and uh, i feel like hawaii's going to at least score gosh 21 i mean that still covers but i don't know yeah. i'm going to take the points i don't like it um it's possible this hawaii team is just really really bad but um that's where i'm going i I think they'll be able to put up enough points to keep the game like i i don't think they beat oregon state but i do i do think oregon state has a i think hawaii has a pretty good chance of covering so i'll i'll take the 11
0: all right i will too you talked me into it
1: Uh oh we need to bring max back on so he can uh
0: yes can knock
1: some sense into us (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's just, this week just i mean it is though like i mean who improves i mean oregon state could improve on what we saw last week too
1: yeah yeah for, for um, people that are new to the show like once we get into conference season we have a really good handle on these teams and, and it's if i can escape non-conference and this was the i i think i've done 56 plus a percentage picking every game in the pac 12 last couple of years um the non-conference season is always like 50. Per- if I, if I hang on to 50%, I'm feeling good because once we get into conference season, we're like, Oh yeah. Like UCLA's run game is X. And you know, the front seven of Oregon state is Y. It is just easier to, yeah. to get a feel for, for what the spreads are and stuff. But, um, all I right, would feel Ron. better
0: if we had like some normal data from last year to work off too. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah that would help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, there, there you are all the games. Um, let us know if you have questions. If you if you disagree with us on stuff, let us know. If you agree with us on stuff, let us know. Uh, we've gotten some really good feedback uh, through direct message and just on uh, you know over the Twitter machine. Uh, Twelve Back Radio, Sharp College Football. Anything to plug, Rob? You got the Saturday six, right?
0: Yeah, I got Saturday six. Saturday morning, tune in. Bryant will be sleeping in my guest bedroom, and I will try not to wake him up.
1: Oh, An audience of how dare you, sir? It'll be an audience of one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my dog comes downstairs too.
1: There we go. We'll be clapping and screaming and booing, booing the bad decisions. Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, ch- check in that Sharp College Football um, on YouTube. Uh, a lot of really good stuff there. And uh, Rob's numbers, as always, are on sharpcollegefootball.com. Oh, one more thing, Rob. So did you update the model or how? Um, And I, I know you yeah, mentioned doing that.
0: Yeah, I had to. Like it, it had a rough run um, with too much emphasis on 2020 data. And so it's rejiggered to take on a lot more 2019 data. And that got the really improved the week, what would have been the projected week one results. And so, but we're also, we're going to, we're going to play a little fast and loose in the first, um, couple weeks here and just let more in season data into the model than I would normally.
1: It's bizarre, but, um, yeah. but once, we, once we get into like mid season, the, the model will kind of be able to bounce everybody off of each other. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, once I get once I get enough data, like I don't run preseason data in past week six, so like we might be there by week five in this in this particular round. <laughs> nice.
1: Well, we'll have a, a an extra early beta rank day, which will be fun. Um. Well, cool. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, and we will catch we uh, we will catch everybody on Saturday. Uh, tune in for the uh, Sharp College or the the Saturday six on Sharp College Football. Looking forward to seeing everybody. And have a good week.